You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Welcome to the Sound of Sanity. This is Nathan Oberson, your humble and obedient host, joining you for another week of Sanity. Over there, we've got our engineer, beloved engineer, Benjamin J. Solzer. How you doing, Ben? Do good, and over there, we've got Jacob <laughs> Menzel, the pastor, who's a master of reading, is what I want to say, because that's what would I say on my other podcast, and I just went into autopilot for two seconds. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm um, doing okay. Ben is throwing me my stress ball, folks. That's <laughs> Nathan is dropping the stress ball. <laughs> Everything is going well. It's just a day for a stress ball. And today we are going to have a very interesting discussion brought to you by the letter J for Jacob Menzel, who was telling us, you know, sometimes Ben... Yes. Nathan, sometimes, sometimes we don't we don't just talk about things that hypothetically make one feel insane, mm-hmm. make someone out there feel insane. Sometimes we like to talk and often in fact, one could argue always, we like to talk about things that make us feel insane. It's true. Jake is actually going to tell us something that made him feel insane in real life. So take it away, Jake. So vacations in general, summer vacations, not like off for school for the summer, but like, you know, you're supposed to take a vacation in the summer with your family. I'm about to, as we record this, take a summer vacation next week, and it may be the first real summer vacation, certainly since the founding of Warhorn Media and probably before that. I mean, I've gone to a few weddings, funerals, things like that, but I've not been able to wrap my head around what a vacation even means for the last few years. And it's just because who wants to think about vacation? There's work to do and there's things and there's church and there's family and, you know. When you have a family, a family of seven children, Mm -hmm. taking a vacation, taking some time to get away with the wife and kids is a pretty good thing to do. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. Mm. It's hard, especially hard. The vacations, I, I think a lot of people would agree that vacations are hard in general in their own very in their own ways, stressful in their own ways, but also really nice in their own ways. But especially for us where we are on a single income, mm-hmm. we have enough money to, to live and survive and do nice things, but vacations are really hard to afford just the same. Part of that's because we have seven kids and things just get really complicated because the world's not made for p- families of seven, ki- families of nine. Whether that's hotel rooms or whatever, it just gets weird and expensive. And we've been able to have nice vacations basically almost exclusively because of the generosity of some friends of ours for pretty much as long as we've been married. But occasionally you, you start to think about what normal people do. Or you have kind of put in your face what normal people do. Normalcy gets shoved in your normalcy face. Gets, normalcy gets shoved in your face. And so this happened to us recently where our family invited us to to Disney World, which is something that I went to Disney World as a kid. My wife went to Disney World, a couple, I think she said three times as mm. a kid. So something that we did as kids growing up that was kind of a normal thing to do. I think my one of my brothers went twice, my youngest brother maybe. It's kind of a normal thing to do, but got to looking at it and it's like literally going to cost us. I mean, Disney World's expensive in and of itself, but then for my family, once you get into hotels and day passes, travel expenses, even before you get to like food and some of the other day-to-day expenses that you're going to encounter, we're talking thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. We can't afford that. And I, I didn't begrudge my family. I was very grateful to be for our family to be invited 
to go, but also really kind of bummed that it's just like not part of our reality, not not something that we can really do. And was feeling sad and kind of crazy about that. And so we got to talking about it. We decided we'd do an episode about it. About my sadness. About your sadness. It's hey, a lot cheaper th- than actually going to Disney. <laughs> 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 yep. My poor first world problems. Well, speaking of first world, just how normal, how, how common is it for people to do Disney World? Let's find out in a little segment I call Disney World Facts. You guys remember our, <laughs> the beloved segment on sanity, Disney World Facts? Somebody remind us like 10 years from now that we need to bring this segment back. Disney World Facts. Now, Ben, how many annual visitors do you suppose there are at Disney World? Well, Nathan, what I would suppose, based on research that I read, 52 million annual visitors. That's right. 52 million. Now, how many people are there in these United States of America? 325.7 million people. 325. So 52 million is some percentage of that that I'm not going to do. One in every seven. One in every... Yeah, there you go. One in every seven person. So that's like one of your kids should go to Disney World. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Now, how many... Acres, Jake, do you suppose Disney World is comprised? Of? Well, if I had to guess, I would guess about 27,000 acres. That is absolutely right, Jake. It's almost like you've got a Disney World fact sheet right in front of you. Almost. That is twice <laughs> the size of the little old borough of New York we call Manhattan. That's pretty big. Hey, Ben, how many hotel rooms do you suppose they have in Disney World? I I would just, I guess it's around 20. 3,000? Yeah, that absolutely right, Ben. I don't know how you guys keep guessing these things. Actually, if you were to spend one night in every hotel room in Disney World, it would take you 68 years to spend a <laughs> night in every one of them. So you better... I would be old! Yeah. <laughs> you might Somebody be should take up that challenge. Yeah. Oh, boy. That sounds like an exciting challenge. <laughs> Jake, how many hamburgers do you suppose are eaten or served at uh, Old Disney World per year? Well, let's see. 52 million annual visitors, probably about one in five of them buy a hamburger. 10 million? 10 million, that's absolutely right. I don't know how you're doing it. Ben, let's see if you can nail it with French fries here. How many pounds of French fries do you think are served at Disney World on an annual basis? Let's see, 52 million visitors, probably one out of probably what one out of every five or six likes about a pound of French fries per year. <laughs> per, per year. Your math yep. is amazing. <laughs> when, my, my, when my family goes out somewhere, one of us eats a pound of French fries. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. The so, rest of us have none. So nine million pounds. That's what that would. Nine million pounds is absolutely make. correct. The way you figured it out was wrong, though. I actually went to Disney World last year with eight people, and we all ordered a million pounds of French fries ah, each. You so, guys did it. We we really skewed the. Then they were out. The stats on that. Yeah. And then right. they. No one else had any. Jake, how many hot dogs do you suppose? Six million. Six million is correct. How many cast members? You know, the cast members, they dress as Clarabelle the cow and other popular Disney characters. (laughs) Sure. How many cast members do you suppose are uh, working a job at Disney World right now? I think probably about 10,000 Mickey Mouses, about 5,000 Minnie Mouses. Um, Hold on a second. Let me just figure out the rest. 
Goofy, got Pluto. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say sixty thousand cast members. Sixty k. Right, cast members. So for perspective's sake, Bloomington, Indiana, where we live, uh, has a population of about eighty five thousand. Mm-hmm. Hey, how many people have you do you guys suppose have rode the small world after all? Well, there are three hundred fifty million people in the United States. Mm-hmm. So somewhere I'm gonna say close to two thirds of that. So that would make it in the 250. That is absolutely right, Jake. I don't know how you guys are doing this. 250 million people have ridden the small world ride. Ben, how much do you think it cost to get into Disney World when the park first opened in 1971? Uh, Probably like $23.50. What? Uh, How did you... You know, you just, you just, you just, you just, uh, uh, that's way high because that was actually a dollar sign that you read is three dollars and fifty cents. Three dollars and fifty cents. And Jake, you said it would now cost for you to take yourself, your wife, and your seven kids. A day, to a day pass is going to be upwards. It, it varies based there's on all kinds of plans. There's all kinds of different plans different and ways to get, but it's going to be upwards of a hundred dollars a day a person, no matter what your plan is. You're if, if you were going to do a, than a, if you're going to do a, tri- a proper trip to Disney World and spend a few days there, you're looking at a few thousand dollars. Uh, yeah. Well, so. just for the day passes. So I mean, with my family, I'm looking at over a thousand dollars a day just getting in to uh, the park and then on top of that you know is everything else oh I didn't forget a fact it is the biggest single site employer in the United States of America so people might want to know that yeah there's no factory there's no anything that uh, employs more people in the United States than Disney World I just looked up the Boeing factory in Everett Washington where I used to live they employ about 30,000 people and that's huge but that's half of Disney that's half of the cast members there's a lot of people working at Disney. It's a, it's a little country. If you were if we're just talking about the cast members, they're bigger than 13 countries. 13 countries. 13 countries have populations smaller than just the cast members at Disney. You want to list them off real quick? Vatican City, mm-hmm. Tuvalu, Palau, San Marino, Liechtenstein, Monaco, the Marshall Islands, Northern Mariana Islands, St. Kitts and Nevis, American Samoa, Greenland, Cayman Islands, and Bermuda. Jake, you can't afford to take your family to Disney World, huh? Yeah. Even though apparently... Apparently, it's quite the operation that they're running there. Yep. It's too bad. Well, you know who I trust to provide a perspective on economic realities and the the, the challenges that our country faces? Nobody, if not our friends over at Rapid... Rush Limbaugh. No, Ben. Why would you ever... Oh, listen? I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was... Rapid Fire, of course, is Sanityville's oh, premier program for conservative commentary. Why would you connect rapid fire with Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, I don't ben. It's just a it's just to... an unconscious association. Anyway, I don't know what Ben's smoking over there, but hey, let's go ahead and listen to some rapid fire. <laughs> Greetings friends. This is Rapid Fire. I'm Stone Huntington and I'm Lance Redford. And I said to him, Robert Kardashian, you got to get those girls under control. Oh, 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 sorry, fellas. I was just dictating my memoirs. And this is Chip McGregory. That's me. We'll be on vacation next week. Or we will be if Nancy Pelosi and her goon squad at the IRS have left enough money in our coffers. Now, fellas, maybe Nancy Pelosi needs that money. Brain transplants ain't cheap. Because she's dumb. Yeah! <laughs> oh, <laughs> 
America! The overtaxation of the American people is like Amazon Studios' planned Lord of the Rings television series. Nobody asked for it, nobody wants it, and there wasn't a clear vision for it in the first place. I wish it was more like The Hobbit Part 2, Desolation of Smog. A ton of fun if you like watching fat little dwarves in barrels. There's many a thing in life, Chip, we wish was much more like Desolation of Smog. But this isn't a podcast about great achievements in cinema. Maybe Nancy Pelosi's a bit like that dragon fella, hoarding all her gold from the good people of Lake Town. Honest, hard-working Americans can barely afford a hard-earned rest this summer. Instead of going to Disney World, they'll be forced to take the family to the beach or something. What, what is this, Zimbabwe? If you can't afford a cheap vacation, what are you going to do this summer, Chip? I guess the only thing I can do, Lance, take my jet ski out for a couple cheer-me-up laps. Well, now, of course, that jet ski's a rental, ain't it, Chip? Our listeners should know, of course, that you can't afford to buy nothing like that. I reckon not, after my last one sunk to the bottom of the lake. Maybe go smoke a cigarette, Chip. I'll tell you this much, Lance. That's the last time I tried to plate any kind of watercraft in solid gold. Yeah, that that's not helpful, Chip. Gentlemen, desist your chatter. I know we've all had to tighten our belts. Well, yeah, since you fired that guy that helps us put on our pants. Chip, don't you listen? Desist your chatter. I ask you, did our forefathers fight and die so that our children could sit at home this summer and not go to Disneyland? Well, perhaps. But then again, perhaps, our forefathers somehow knew that every splash of blood they spilt was a splash for Splash Mountain. Perhaps our ancestors gave up their ghosts so their children could go to Haunted Mansion. Perhaps the world is too big for everyone to enjoy the benefits that Uncle Sam and Walter Disney worked so hard to bring us. But perhaps, just perhaps, it's a small world after all. Now, Stone, there's some people who would say we're just out of touch, rich white people with rich white people problems. Who are these people? Are they, are they Mexicans? No, Stone, I, I mean... I bet they're Lithuanians. Friends, don't ever let them tell you that Stone Huntington is out of touch. Just last week, my daughters had a private screening of the latest uh, Star Ward picture. Is that anything like the desolation of Smaug? If you took out the gravity, if you took out the pathos... If you took out the elves serving on spiders... Well, I'm an ignoramus. And I'm Lance Redford. And I'm Stone Huntington. And you'll have to do better than that, Nancy Pelosi, you puke-eating female demon spider. I feel so much better about my problems. Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Stone and Chip and Lance. Well, I don't know. I feel a little silly saying it because it is sort of a pretty American first world privileged white boy. Yeah, yeah not, not that there is, but if there was any kind of, say, satirical point to that segment <laughs> we just listened to, it might be, it might that, be boohoo white boy. Yeah, Jake has a problem <laughs> that millions of people would kill to have all over the world. So I can afford to be sad about not being able to take my kids to Disney World. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to state the problem in the most in the strongest sense, it's that set aside the issue of wealth, that's a relative mm-hmm. term. It, we live in a country where everything is built around t- two incomes and small families. 
that just makes it difficult. And there's pressure and there's a desire. There's a desire to, you know, live up. Not every parent, but lots of parents feel the pressure to provide, you know, a certain kind of childhood experience for their kids. And for lots of people that involves Disney World, and it did for me growing up, and it did for my wife, and it did for lots of other people. And it feels sad to not be able to give your kids what you had or something better or seemingly better. And so, you know, but it just is what it is. We we have to plan our vacations differently because we have seven kids. We have to plan our vacations differently because we have one income instead of two and, and whatever else. And I know a lot of people listening to this are in more difficult financial situations than we're in. I'm not trying to complain or say boo-hoo. But I think there are, that, that means there are a lot of people that relate that, you know, you want to do something nice. You want to be able to get away. Maybe you can't get away from work because you can't afford to. Maybe you, you're pedaling as hard as you can and being able to do something nice like that is just hard. And, be, and being able to figure out how to do it, you know, just the logistics, like they won't let you have one hotel room. They won't let you have two. They'll let you have three. You're going to find an Airbnb solution. Well, that's different. That's difficult. Some people don't even know what that is or don't feel comfortable with Airbnb. There's just like all kinds of logistical problems that come or issues rather, challenges that come with having a big family, having a single income, if you're going to try to do sort of a standard American vacation. Well, I can definitely sympathize with that. Or can I? Oh, my stars, it's the devil's advocacy alarm. Jake, explain to us what the, the devil's advocacy alarm is, the DAA. The DAA is the devil's advocacy. The devil's? Is the devil's advocacy alarm. It's the part of the show where one of us argues the opposite point of view and tries to say that our problems are stupid or that we're just stupid. Well, this will be difficult. What, uh, would you mind restating the point of view that you've been expressing, please? Yeah, one more I time? feel sad because I can't take my kids to Disney World. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. Me and Ben are <laughs> licking our chops here. <laughs> ben, go ahead. Oh. I'll, I'll let you have first bat. I feel Why? like an easy target right now, guys. <laughs> You're like a Disney World pinata. That's what they have. Nathan already said that this is a first world boohoo white boy problem, and it really is. Maybe the bigger question is why don't you just be a little more spiritual about things? I mean, that could sound really, I don't know, arrogant or something, but guess what? Like, you have a lot of stuff and a lot of material goods and a lot of enjoyment, and so do your kids. And here you are feeling sad about not being able to give them like the most absurd form of all the luxuries you already enjoy each day. I mean, Disney World is the most preposterous thing that you can imagine, especially when you consider that to, that to other people in third world countries, your life is already Disney World. Mm-hmm. You just go places and buy whatever you want and you have leftover money and leftover it's, not enough le- it's not enough leftover wealth to go to Disney World. What? Like, what are you even talking about? Like, God has given you a ton of stuff. Oh no, you're well-fed, well clothed kids with an array of autom- automated entertainment options at their disposal and a roof over their head and <laughs> couches to sit on and lots and lots of Star Wars toys and plastic junk that they, uh, oh no, you can't 
Give them more of the same. <laughs> Do they cry when you can't afford to buy them the latest video game, too? I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Hey, I don't have a gaming system, man. <laughs> okay. But only because I can't afford one. <laughs> oh, well, you are a spiritual man. <laughs> yes, it's kind of like how, Ben, you know the, the, the Bible verse. Doesn't it tell us to take up our tickets to Disney World or something like that? No, I'm trying to no, remember. No, I think it's uh, take up the, your uh, cross and follow me. That's what Jesus says. Take uh, up your cross. And that just doesn't... Okay, but, uh, he said his yoke is easy and his burden is light, so that must mean Disney World, right? Uh, you know, I think the context is that it means suffering and death for the sake of Christ and a life of hardships in which you may have no place to lay your head like the Son of Man. I don't know how you can feel sad when the calling of your life is the cross and when the cross ends in something much better than Disney World anyway. It ends in the joy of heaven. I mean... Isn't isn't your sadness just taking both of those realities, the cross and the glory that follows, very lightly in the context of all that God has given you? How is your sadness not that? Well, Ben, you know, you should also, and we might want to consult our, our friend, the pastor over here, Jake, <laughs> on this, but sure. I'm trying to remember what the uh, verses on child rearing are. <laughs> I, I think they probably say to give your kids all the best stuff and, and make sure that they have lots of wealth and uh, yeah, get to yeah, experience yeah. their best life. Well, the now. Proverbs, I think, very clearly want me to maintain my up, the upwardly mobile trajectory set for us by our parents before us. Yeah, the, the Bible says something about the wise man leaves an inheritance to his children and it's irresponsible for me to <laughs> I think the proper implication is that it's irresponsible of me to provide a lower quality of life for my kids than what I had growing up and you got to go to Disney World and I got to go to, so obviously my kids should too and I should be really sad if I can't take them to I, I don't think that we should confuse upward mobility with uh, the roller coaster track at Disney World uh, Magic Mountain <laughs> now, but do you do you agree with this fine counter argument that he's making? You know, the let me let me see if I can help him out. The let's see, the man who Psalm one, the man who meditates on the law day and night, all that he does will prosper. So Jake just wants to prosper. You know, there actually is. Of course, we fight against the health and wealth gospel, but there are all kinds of verses we could point people to where it talks about health and wealth and how generally, if you live a wise, sanctified, godly life, you will succeed and you will see more money and more stuff and more things and it will be good for you. Well, he, he's, he's arrived. He has all those things and it's mostly because God has been gracious to him just like he's been gracious to us and let us be born in this country at this moment where there's loads, just a crazy amount of surplus wealth and he's already enjoying a lot of it. So again, you know, his sadness is out of proportion to the reality of what God has given him. Um, so those, those verses don't really apply to this situation at all. But there is the verse about, like, you shall bind Mickey Mouse ears on your child's forehead, I think, something like that. Is that what it says? I don't and think frontlets so. On they shall be his frontlets. Donald, yes, I think that's how it goes, yeah. <laughs> you shall think about them when you... Oh, boy. <laughs> no, that's, that's the word of God. Raise them up in the love and admonition of Splash Mountain. Is that what it is? Well, it also says that, uh, you know, what use is, of what use is money in the hand of a fool since he has no desire to get wisdom. Hey, 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 hey. Proverbs also says that the purpose of money is to get wisdom. I mean, the main purpose of money is to continue, is to, is to make wise investments so that in the kingdom of heaven. So that you can take your kids to Disney World. <laughs> so that you can show, show I don't feel like provide an example of godliness right <laughs> for your kids. The Bible does say, Ben, though, fathers, don't exasperate your children won't Jake's <laughs> children be exasperated if they don't get to go to Disney World if they've been trained to be materialistic they will be exasperated but that will be a sign that they really need to 
be disciplined and not get everything that they want. Wait, are you saying that Jake's supposed to discipline his children? Where does it say that in the Bible? Oh, I think it says something in the Proverbs about taking up the rod and uh, training your child in the way that he should go so that in the end he won't depart from it. Okay, okay, okay. Devil, you make some fair points, and I just want to go see what my friend Erica Rosebloom has to say right now. Please and thank you. Please. (laughs) Yeah, just think about it for a minute. (laughs) You know what? I think probably everybody that's listening is thoroughly understands the point right now. There's no real need for us to keep beating Clarabelle the cow. Um, (laughs) So yeah, let's go to our, one of our favorite segments on the show with a, one of the fine upstanding mothers from the town of Sanityville. It's called Mortification of Pin. Happy Mothering Moms. My name is Erica Rosebloom, and you're listening to Mortification of Pin, the Christian mothering show where Pinterest meets podcasting. Before we begin, a quick reminder. It's easy for moms to become very depressed when plans go awry or projects fail or the things on which you're working turn out badly. So don't do any of those things. You don't want to be depressed, do you? (laughs) Of course not. And that's why you listen to me. I'm a dinosaur skeleton made out of fire. Roar, burn, roar. I have lasers too. (laughs) This is my son, Chad. I will eat your heads and shoot you with lasers. Now, Chad, dear, we talked about playing spiritually wholesome games. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Uh, I'm Amy Carmichael, missionary to India. I will eat your heads and shoot you with lasers. A young boy like Chad, and I'm talking particularly about boys here, has a lot of, shall we say, boyish gusto. You don't want to do anything to crush that. It's better to break it down slowly over time. Pew pew, take that, Hudson Taylor. Presume on this, David Livingston. Today, our subject is vacations. As any mother knows, the key to a successful vacation is lots and lots of hard work. My sister Erica said if she had to go on vacation with us freakazoids again, she'd take a loaded gun and she And shoot anyone who stood in our way. That's right, dear. No, she she said that Hush, she... dear. Mommy's podcasting. Is my sister Erica a moody teenager? Why, no, Chad. She's the world's happiest teenage girl. Wow. Teenage girls are horrible. <laughs> Not Christian teenage girls, honey. Erica is happy all the time. Remember, we talked about this. (laughs) Let's talk vacations, honey. For our last road trip, I spent three days preparing meals and snacks to take along. Of course, it's important that you don't let your family go hungry during this time. Three days of nothing but frozen pizza. That's what I wished we'd eaten instead of butterless toast. But butterless toast is your favorite, honey, especially when it's uncooked. Someone should make up a word for that stuff. They certainly should, sweetie. On another topic, Chad is doing kindergarten at home this year. And what's one of the main benefits of homeschool over public, dear? No Satanist will try to sell you heroin. (laughs) Now, Chad, to be fair, there are many kinds of people at public school selling many kinds of drugs. Public school frightens me. Mommy and Daddy will always protect you from public school, honey, as long as you keep getting A's. Hooray! And one of the benefits of homeschooling is that you don't have to stop learning while on vacation. After all, nothing makes a road trip fly by like puzzles, games, and trigonometry worksheets. I did my trigonometry worksheet and I got a B plus. And Mommy forgave and forgot all about that, sweetie. Now let's talk about Instagram updates. 
Of course, you'll want to get some pictures of the family doing some goofy, fun activities along the way, such as stopping at the world's largest ball of yarn. Now, most mothers would add a thing like that to their itinerary, <laughs> their color-coded itinerary, and they would feel like they'd done a great job of planning something fun for their kids. But have they stopped to think about what this could mean to me? I mean, to them. Have they taken note of what color the ball of yarn is and how best to coordinate the family's outfits? I said coordinate, not match. Matching is so 2000s. <laughs> have they, have you purchased the right study materials to prepare the family to best appreciate the experience? Have you tried to make the world's largest knitting needle so you can hold it in front of the world's largest ball of yarn? It's actually quite simple. You start by carving a mold out of birchwood and then taking the model cars that your husband never uses, the rusty ones that he just leaves lying around his man cave where anybody can step on them and get tetanus, and you melt them down into a base metal, which can be poured into the mold and formed into a needle. At least that's the plan, but then your husband stops you from doing that, which he can do because <laughs> he is the boss. He's the head. I mean, it says so right in the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. <laughs> uh, except, is he thinking? No, not really. I mean, think for once in your life, like, how cute would it have been for our family to pose in front of the world's largest ball of yarn or the world's largest knitting needle? What would have been so bad about that, huh? How hard would it have been to transport a 30-foot-long needle on the top of the Honda? How hard would it be, Matt? Really, it's what my children needed. It's what any good mother would want for her children. The world needs a better class of mother, and I'm going to give it to them. You'll see. I'll show them. I'll show them. Mommy, you're frightening me. That's right, darling. It is frightening when daddies don't let mommies be the best mommies they can be. Everyone's losing their mind. I'm scared. <laughs> Let's turn that frown upside down, Chad, and smile like you're going to smile in the yarn photographs, aren't you, honey? In real life, things happen. Not everyone will be ready to give you that perfect smile for every vacation photograph, and that's okay. That's why our family begins every vacation with a fresh injection of Botox. That reminds me, Chad, someone's got an appointment at Dr. Smiley's this afternoon. If I smile really, really good for all the pictures, will it make you happy and will you love me, Mommy? We'll just have to see how the pictures turn out, won't we, sweetheart? Until next time, moms, I'm Erica Rosebloom of Mortification of Pin, reminding you that you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be as good as me. And we're back. Now that Erica that Rosebloom always so helpful. Very helpful. Yeah. So sane. <laughs> Such a voice of sanity. Yep. In this. Yep. I think her vacation sounded pretty budget friendly. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe Jake, you could <laughs> take some <laughs> cues from Erica. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> well, okay. So Erica Rosebloom is silly, obviously, but. Uh, that is one response to the whole question, uh, and that is one response that I've certainly seen. It may or may not be have seen some people in our church or Do such like other things. churches. I'll say people in other churches, the church at large, the church at large, the church universal. 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 Do things like that. So that's one response. Is, yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you want to say to the devil, Jake? You're right, devil. Wait, the devil's. Yeah. Well, do, do, do okay. dust my ears deceive me? <laughs> no. The devil's winning no, in the, this episode? He just wins. He's right. He's not the devil. I am. The fact is, it's easy to get caught up and it's easy to feel bad about dumb things and forget that we're Christians and forget that Jesus has called us to take up his cross and follow him and that he promises a lot of sweetness along the way and in the end, heaven and himself. My kids have it better 
than I did growing up because they're growing up in the church in an intact family. I'm from a broken family. Mm-hmm. They're growing up in a godly intact home. Uh, they're learning to love the church and to love God and to love God's people and to prioritize spiritual things over material things and not to be too super spiritual about it. But mm-hmm. that's that's the truth and that's important. It, it's easy to forget that. It's easy to lose sight of it. It's easy to get fresh, look at the world and be frustrated that it punishes or disciplines godliness. Mm-hmm. It fights against godliness. It makes things difficult. But it does. But it does. We're told that it will in the scripture. It shouldn't come as any surprise. To it us. shouldn't be a surprise. It should be something that we understand is a part of life, and it's okay, and we make the best of it. And, and like Ben said, we've got a lot. Like you know, I've got a house. Mm-hmm. I've got a twelve-passenger van for my six kids and <laughs> or seven kids. Lose track of them sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Car and pretty much anything I could want to eat, clothes, and... You can call up any song you want uh, that's ever been written on Off of Spotify. this magical device in my pocket. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's amazing what we have. We do live in Disney World. This is not... The world has never known wealth to the level of what we have and what, what the poorest of the poor in modern America have. Somebody was just saying the other day, even homeless people have smartphones. Right. And it's true. And so... Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's weird. I don't have anything mm-hmm. to complain about, but I think I also probably represent a, a good number of our listeners who just do feel crazy or sad from time to time because they can't provide everything that our culture tells them they should be able to provide for their kids. Yeah. Why did mm-hmm. I feel like me and Ben were being a little bit obnoxious mean? just there? I mean, we were nothing. I don't think there was. Uh, yeah, we were being a little sarc- sarcastic or whatever, yeah, but yeah. nothing that we said was wrong exactly. Yeah. But I still feel like maybe we we were representing a slightly like I want to say that there was well, maybe something wrong in the devil's tone, if nothing else. Well, it's really easy to be just sort of a a super spiritual. As I want to say, obnoxious super spiritual punk mm-hmm. about these sort of things, and to pretend like. You don't know what it is to give up anything for Jesus unless you are living on, you know, with your hair on fire Mm -hmm. down in the third world country as a missionary or whatever. There's that kind of mentality. And it's really easy to just hate stuff, to be ungrateful for the material possessions that we've had and to make a kind of a principle out of, I would never go to Disney World and I would never... It's not wrong for parents to want to do nice things for their kids. Yeah. It's not wrong for parents to want to do fun things with their kids. It's not wrong for parents to look around and see what other families provide for their kids. The Proverbs do in fact say a godly man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Mm -hmm. And to feel sad that they can't do something on par with what lots lots of other people are able to do. Mm -hmm. If you don't feel some sense of loss, then you've not sacrificed or given up anything for the gospel. And I know it's a very small thing, Disney World. Sure. My goodness, please, what a silly thing <laughs> to give up for the sake of the gospel. But every little sacrifice like that is still something that God sees and is pleased with and is something that we shouldn't be ashamed to delight and take joy in the fact that, you know what? It's my pleasure to give up a certain kind of lifestyle for the sake of God, for the sake of the gospel. Right. And it's better for me and it's better for my kids. While at the same time, understanding also that, which and this is a little bit of what maybe me and Ben's devil argument wasn't quite taking into account, that it's our duty and it's nothing to pat ourselves on the back about, like as if we're yeah. doing some, making some great sacrifice for God and, yep. mm-hmm. you know, we're so wonderful because we don't engage in the materialism. It's like, yes, you do. If you live in America, then yes, you do engage in the materialism of our culture. And yes, you've got a lot of stuff and you're wealthy. So I guess that's the episode.
for parents with large families looking to go on vacations. If you out there have tips, feel free to share them with us. We'll put them up on social media and because we need to help each other out. Yeah, let us know on Twitter, Facebook. I don't know, maybe if we get enough, we'll do a little mini episode or include it somewhere for people. I don't know, I'm not promising that, but just uh, send them along. We'll see what we can do. So at the end of the day, be humble and be grateful for what God has given you. And remember that your job is to take up your cross and follow Jesus and to do it with joy and not in foolish self-pity as I, or, I was tempted to do. Or foolish self-aggrandizement as me and Ben were tiptoeing towards mm-hmm. there. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, Chip, did you see how the freeway was backed up all the way down to the lake? I had to give up my fishing trip with Lance Jr., which is really sad for him because there are only so many things a boy can do with just one foot. Well, Lance, I reckon that's my fault. Your fault? How's that your fault, Chip? Well, I'll tell you. I got to pondering my old gold-plated jet ski just collecting barnacles on the bottom of Lake Sanity. And you know how Stone's always going on about fiscal responsibility. That he is, yes. And about how I shouldn't have gold-plated a watercraft at all, because then it would just sink. Well, now, Chip, you really shouldn't gold-plate anything. In my opinion, smelting may be best left to the experts. Oh, don't worry, Lance. I'll get better at it. I always do. Why, you remember how bad I used to be with that grenade launcher. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that, Chip. Well, anyway, I reckon that everybody on the freeway is rubbernecking my submarine. Submarine? Chip, how on earth can you afford a submarine, especially in an economy like this one? Well, I didn't think it would be fiscally responsible either, Lance. So this is just a sort of a rental. Yeah, old faithful Alvin will let me do some reconnaissance down in the watery depths. Did you say Alvin, Chip? I did. Do you mean the Alvin that was commissioned in 1964 as one of the world's first deep ocean submersibles? That's the very one, Lance. Chip, how on earth did you manage to get a hold of that? I just called up my good buddy James Cameron and he pulled some strings for me. In exchange for a generous donation to his production company, of course. And so you got Alvin just like that? That's right, Lance, just like that. The Oceanographic Institute was happy to help me out once they got a recommendation from old James and once they got my generous gift of my collection of Fabergé eggs. Now, Chip, didn't you already promise that collection of Fabergé eggs to the Smithsonian? Well, I did, but only in exchange for Fonzie's jacket. And they weren't going to give it up. It sure is restful down here in the watery depths of Lake Sanity. My, oh my... And what is... Oh my, could it be? It is! The wrathful visage of my old seven-armed octopus nemesis. Seven arms. If he realizes it's me in here, I'm gonna be in trouble. Whew, he's passing on by. All right, where are you, sweetie? Where's my golden girl? Maybe I'll find you by the fabled village of the Mer people. Maybe I'll find you by... Wait, what's that? Something is shining just ahead. It's... No, it's just my gold-plated pontoon. Oh, if only... Wait, wait, there it is! Uh, my darling! My swift beauty! Literally worth her weight in gold! Shimmering among the algae like a... No! Seven arms! You get your tentacles off her! I will never let her live inside your legendary cave of treasures! <laughs> Come back, you miserable mangled cephalopod! Come back! No! Well, my aquatic friend, you messed with the wrong redneck today. I hear that your brain is big enough for you to understand that this means war.
Insanity Today was aided by Benjamin Zolzer, it was abetted by Jacob Menzel, and it was carried away by Nathan Alverson. Until next time, folks, don't forget to rate and review this very podcast on your podcast app of choice. Our friends My Soul Among Lions have a new album. It's coming out in October for worldwide release, but you can go and download that album now if you are willing to support My Soul Among Lions on Patreon. That's right. Any price at patreon.com forward slash M-S-A-L. It stands for My Soul Among Lions. And hey, until next time, stay sane. Stay sane.